the fact that every vine is different and every vine is pruned differently, being bush vine, um, the, there's like an aliveness and a character as you walk through that it's just, you can feel like you can touch it and, and brings a wine to life when you bring somebody from overseas to stand in the middle of that vineyard and you can kind of see the penny drop of the wine that I tasted and the place, and especially when it's so unique and special, um, it all really starts to bring it together. I'm Andrew Kayard and this podcast is part one of the Angara Estate with head winemaker Peter Fraser. In this episode, Peter and I discuss the remarkable Yangara estate. I got the wine bug and um, I uh, went to a winemaker's dinner with uh, Warren Randall and he uh, was uh, in his vintage gear and quite inspirational. I uh, ended up there the next day doing vintage <laughs> and uh, but it, it was a whole series of events of um, when the bug bites and you're tasting lots of wines and um, just the thirst for knowledge and and I think probably also as an overall philosophical thing of wine is I always wanted to be in farming and farming was something that probably I loved that the, the part that you could finish the farming and have a finished product that you'd actually been making versus just growing. So that's a really good segue into into you know uh, to, into kind of a vineyard. What what does a vineyard mean to you? Um, a vineyard is a first and foremost, a, hopefully, a special place. It's a unique place that has a unique um, weather, um, soil, and the vines that grow well in that place and hopefully a vineyard um, becomes the the conduit for the resultant wine that that has something that's very unique about it. The beauty of wine is that it has imagery and a story and Yangara's wine comes from a place and so few things that we have nowadays actually evoke all those experiences. So somebody drinking Yangara can come and visit or look it up and see that these wines come from a defined place. And wine and things that we consume more and more, we want to know where they're from and the integrity of the way they're made. So what is special about the Yangara State Vineyards? Um, Yangara has unique geology and soil. The sand is is very special and something that when people come and visit, they're like, wow, um, this is, I have never seen this in a vineyard. Um, it has elevation, it has cool nights, um, and it has varieties that are totally suited to this climate and this soil type. Uh, and, and produces wines that seem to, to captivate a, a uniqueness and an individualness that they can then express 
above and beyond what a general region might present itself. And how does it really differ from other vineyards here in McLaren Vale? The wines are only produced from the estate and it has slightly cooler nights um, from maybe some of the lower elevation, which gives you an ability to slow down the ripening process and be able to get the, the tannins ripe at the right time, um, the right levels of concentration, and gives a, a brightness and a tannin structure that we often don't see in some of the other locations around this region. I suppose the, the reason why I'm asking that is because you were talking about being, you know, about being farming. Yeah. And you know, for many people, they would not really necessarily think of, of running a vineyard as, as being a, a kind of farming pursuit. Yeah. Great wine ultimately comes from soil and, and farming a plant. And that the health of that plant is ultimately about farming and understanding how to conserve and how to get the best out of that soil, but also how that plant takes up the nutrients and the natural minerals that, that are in that soil type and that ultimately hopefully go through to the wine and reflect its individualness. We live in a completely different world, of course, in terms of wine markets and aspirations. And when those, those generations past were, were growing grapes, I don't think any of them really thought that they would be making one of the great wines of South Australia. And that's certainly one of your aspirations, is it not, for this 1946 planted High Sands Grenache? If you look at the history of that vineyard and the history of the Australian wine industry, Grenache uh, produced fortified wines and it did it very well and it was like you said a, a workhorse vineyard it then um, evolutioned into what australians called um, burgundies which were often grenache and shiraz and often for for an everyday drink and as those vines have got older the yields have got lower um, the the scarcity of those vineyards. Um, so this vineyard um, and old vine Grenache, 70 years and older, is such a minuscule part of this region, but yet probably producing some of the greatest wines of the region. And I think age is, is something that plays a part, but it's also the attention to detail in the farming. It's the level of detail in pruning, the level of detail of the undervine management, the soil management, and all the things that go to make that vine healthy, but not too healthy that it's producing too much fruit um, to a fruit level that gives you the concentration of tannin and flavour that starts to make it special. So can you tell me now a bit about the variety itself and um, it really wasn't thought as much variety at all and now suddenly it's you know like the you know the kind of cool grape variety. Grenache has a, a long history in our region. Grenache has been through thick and thin. It um, has been popular f as a workhorse variety in its early years. It um, was possibly even the ugly duckling there for a while and is now becoming Cinderella. 
But to the core of what it does when it's, when it's grown well, it has a lot of similarities with Pinot Noir and Nebbiolo in the fact that it produces a, a medium body wine that can show incredible um, character of where it comes from. And it, some people have said it's, like, it's a chameleon variety because it shows the hand of the winemaker, it shows its place, and it can be a, a wine of real beauty. It can show, show its uh, beautiful fine tannins, it can show beautiful sweet fruit, beautiful perfume, and if you kind of gear your mind into, you know, a, a wonderful um, single vineyard, Barolo, um, a Grand Cru Burgundy, Grenache at its great heights can do all those things. And it can also produce an everyday wine that's as delicious as, you know, it, it becomes nearly a food where it's, um, to think of our lifestyle of wine and food, it's, it's not overpowering. And I think as people's tastes have evolved, um, Grenache seems to offer a lot of things to a lot of different people. One of the beauties of Grenache is the floral component of the wine, the fragrance, and the rose petal, the Turkish delight, um, more, more than just the red fruits. Roussan is a very unusual variety in Australia, um, South Australia, McLaren Vale. Can you tell me why you planted Roussan and what, what makes that so special? Our inspiration for Roussan was based on Grenache and Shiraz growing so well in our vineyard. And my simplicity of thinking, well, was to look at varieties that grow well where Grenache and Shiraz have traditionally produced great wines of the world. And also, there really wasn't much of it around. And the wines that inspired me of the Southern Rhone, um, those Roussan-based wines, I loved the texture and the crunchiness of the variety. And I have to say, when we first started, I was very much flying blind, and it's, it's really been a, a, a trial and error kind of thing, but I think with the style of the winemaking that we've possessed across all our other varieties, um, it seems to like that minimal intervention. Um, for example, we don't add sulphur in any of the early winemaking um, stages and we're able to manage um, the, the skins in Roussan, which often can, without the right attention to detail, you can end up with quite a waxy, oily type of wine. But if they're handled the right way, you can produce something really fine, but also making the most of the tannins and having what I'd nearly call a crunchiness or a, a lemon pith character that, that actually brings that wine alive. The Australian bush um, obviously gives some form of character to the wine, and you alluded to, to the kind of um, herb-like characters that you might say. How do you manage that side of things? Um, 
I think sometimes we we see Herb-like characters from canopy management issues. Um, we work very hard in our canopy management in terms of nice dappled light, um, plucking leaves to the southern side or the eastern side of particular blocks so that we get really lovely um, physiologically ripe grapes that I think present um, a brightness and a freshness of the fruit. But I think some of the varieties, especially say Shiraz, that has a tendency as we see in the Northern Hemisphere where we don't have as much of the Australian bush around it, um, that it does have a tendency to produce some of those herb-like characters. And there's no doubt that when you travel across to the other side of the world and you taste um, Australian Shiraz, McLaren Vale Shiraz, Blue Spring Shiraz, that you do some, see some of those eucalypt characters. Mm. But I, and I think it's one of our uniqueness. But I'd like to see them as part of the wine, not necessarily on top of the wine. It's really a kind of relatively new outlook um, about sustainability and about, and about farming. Um, what do you think about that? The sustainability of your soil is probably one of the number one factors of farming grapes to make great wine. The soil is the conduit um, to the vine, to the wine, and there's a similarity between the great wines of the world that they are all um, managing that soil and really being custodians of the soil. I had a, a moment in 2007 and I was at a biodynamic um, lecture and I really realised the importance of the symbiotic relationship within soil in an in a agricultural system and in a plant system. And I realised that we couldn't make great wine without, with the use of synthetic fertilisers or the use of herbicide. And because we, re we removed the biodiversity that we needed in soil to basically uh, um, free up the, the minerals, the natural minerals that, that are in soil, and to, to bring that happy, healthy um, plant into a place where it's, it's working with its soil type. That brings together a, a whole new um, sense of the way you farm and that you actually need all the, the beneficial insects you need, you're removing yourself from a monoculture so that you've got a healthy population of bees, you have a healthy population of predatory mites, um, and the list goes on of all the, the, and it means that you also have small numbers of pests, but they're not actually pests when they're in small numbers. And often what happens is when you, when you shift that balance with the use of synthetic chemicals, 
and you also don't have biodiversity, then you have um, a proliferation of something which then becomes a pest. Um, even in the undervan, um, what we would call a weed often has a purpose. It might have a deeper root than a grass and it brings mineral from a lower level in the soil profile and brings it up and then when it's either eaten off or, or um, mechanically um, mown, um, those minerals now become at the top of the soil so that the grass life can proliferate. So all of a sudden you've just got this um, cycle that's very much based on how nature works. You know, this whole thing about organics and biodynamics was, was considered as a quirky thing to do 20 years ago. And now it's gone into the mainstream of fine wine, not only here in Australia, but around the world. I think biodynamics um, is one part of the system. It's a system that enables you to, th to think about the health of your soil. And in an, it's an opportunity for me now to even talk about that. It's even so much more than that too. It's the biodiversity that you can create um, within your vineyard that makes nature work together to have a healthy soil, have a healthy vine that ultimately ends up with a brightness and a intensity of the place in the wines. For more information on Peter Fraser and Yangara Estates in the beautiful McLaren Vale of South Australia, go to yangara.com. This podcast was with head winemaker Peter Fraser and Andrew Kayard, sound designed by Declan Diacono at Clang Studios and produced by Christoph Priddle. Mm -hmm.